Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran, you can survive super nuclear energy, you can even take your gloves off, take your helmet off if you love Godzilla that much. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. So you're saying that the power of love can make you survive radiation poisoning? Yes, yes it's the power of love. The power of love if, specifically for Godzilla. <laughs> specifically for Godzilla. Now, is this a sexual love or is this like a, a friendship love? I mean, it's up to the audience to decide. I think it is okay. a sexual love. That's how it seems to me. We're going to have to talk about this as we go through this episode. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about a lot of grisly situations yes. with this show, that which was... was almost going to be my spoiler, by oh. the way, but I thought we were going to cover it later on, so I won't even touch yet. Now, if people have been following along with us over the episodes, they should know exactly what we're talking about when we mention the grisly situation. Probably one of the funniest scenes I've seen in a movie to date. Yes. But I don't know, re-watching the movie, I think that was sort of overshadowed by all these other things that we noticed that were ridiculous about it. So, of course, typically what we do on this show is we look at the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, the poster, the trailer, whatever we can get our hands on, and then we attempt to predict as much of that plot as possible. But this week, we're actually doing another installment of actual spoilers. And the movie we're covering is Godzilla. Yeah, of course, a Godzilla King of the Monsters to that's be specific. That's right, that's right. So we tried to predict that, and you can see our early episode where we made our predictions of what was going to happen in that movie. Yep. And now we're coming back. We've watched the movie since. We're, we're now really comparing how close we were or how far we were yeah, so to we've the movie. Got, we've got a full point system worked out where we're going to grade each other's performances, basically. It's like the report card episode. So depending on how close we got to what actually happens in the movie, the more points we're going to get. Basically, the way that the point system works is Matty D looked at what I said in the original episode. I look at what he said. And if we got a detail dead on without any information whatsoever we get two points so that's probably the most illustrious score that you can get (laughs) a whole two-pointer and then if we get something that we saw in the trailer or we knew about in advance and we got the context exactly right and we inserted it into our plots exactly how it appears in the movie that's only a single point because we were fed information beforehand yeah and if we sort of got something right like if we're on the right track but we didn't get a lot of the details correct that's only half a point And so we go through what each other predicted and then round up all the points. And then at the end, we'll see who definitively got closer to the actual plot. Because it's not enough that we guess what the plot's going to be. We have to be right over each other. That's that's the important thing here. We need a competition element to be able to get up. We just hate each other that much. And sitting through a movie like Godzilla, you need some kind of incentive to get through it, I think. Uh, Yeah, when we were watching... This movie sucked. We actually (laughs) sat down and watched the movie the other day just to... We saw it in the cinemas. We saw it in the cinemas, yeah. But we thought we'd refresh ourselves with the plot or lack thereof. Well, thank God, because there was a lot of things I forgot. Yeah, me too. There was so much. But Matty D was watching the movie and going, this sucks. Oh my God, this is a (laughs) terrible movie. Now, first of all, Matty D isn't into Godzilla movies. No. We discussed this in the original episode, so this was never going to be a movie that he was into no. in the first place. But my counterpoint was, you haven't seen half of the movies that we're yet to cover. <laughs> my God, especially the next movie that we're going to do an actual spoilers on is X-Men Dark Phoenix. So if you thought Godzilla King of the Monsters was bad, oh my God. And then yeah, I'm not looking forward to that Men one. in Black International shortly after that. So I did start watching Men in Black International and then stopped and refused to continue watching because it was that yeah. bad. Right. So I think it's important to point out at this stage that this isn't necessarily a review of Godzilla King of the Monsters. We're not going to go through the plot of that actual movie step by step and explain everything that happened. We're just going to explore it in context with what we predicted. That's right. And some of our opinions may seep out, but yeah. again, it's we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. We're too opinionated. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not not what we felt. It's how well we predicted the yes. plots. And sometimes how well we went in the movie will like change our image of the overall movie. I think I was just excited that I actually predicted stuff that appeared in the movie. Mm. So it made the cinema going experience just like that much more enjoyable for me. Right. As well as, you know, seeing Godzilla on the big screen, which I haven't done for many years. I, I, I got to say, when we watched it in And cinemas, hearing that iconic theme music. Yes. Uh, when, I went, when we watched it in cinemas, I was actually relieved that we got to see a little bit more monster fighting than the yes. previous movie. So I remember watching it in the movies and being like, yeah, okay, cool. Watching it again did not do it for me though no um, it's definitely a different experience watching it on the smaller screen yeah especially when you and i are more interested in like drinking beers <laughs> having snacks that are like shouting at the screen rather than paying <laughs> attention to what's going on yeah and uh and finding the hilarity in every little detail yeah shitty acting move that they did in that movie so yes 
Um, again, not a review show, so no. we'll leave that alone. I think compared to some of the other movies that we're going to cover throughout the next few weeks, I think this is definitely a mid-ground movie. It's definitely mm. not going to be one of the worst that we've ever covered mm. because I think the worst is yet to come. Yes. Before we get into our plots, do we want to cover the Grizzly situation just to get it out of the way? Oh yeah, might as well. Since neither of us predicted it, uh, we did mention this in our first episode of Movie Talk. We talked about how one of the funniest things... We were things- chomping at the bits to talk about yeah. this scene in this movie. So anyone who's yeah. watched uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it's King of the Monsters, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. May be familiar with it, but... I don't know why it tickled us so much. I know, I think we talked about the story more in detail in, as I said, the first Movie Talk episode, but there was a moment in the movie where one of the main characters, Mark, Russell is reflecting and watching an old video, an old home movie, where he and his other two children are dressed as bears to surprise the mother <laughs> as she comes up to the attic. And I remember in the cinemas, I found that scene so ridiculous that I think I laughed for the rest of the movie. I was just chuckling under my breath so- for the entire two-hour run. This is supposed to be a somber moment built for kind of this establishing the, the emotion of the of the main character, and it's this guy that this is our main character. This is yeah. our badass who's just been this is Kyle like Chandler's a, a no nonsense guy the entire time in yeah. a bear suit. Now, where did he get a bear suit? <laughs> I, did they make them? Did, did they buy them specifically it, it, for this situation? Was it part of his job? And the fact that the mum says it's a grisly situation, yeah. that's what got me, She's I like, think, the most. I think there's a grisly situation going on. Intruder! Get her! And they attacked her with bear kisses, which is essentially yes. um, what I came into the studio and met with. Yes. Uh, Kieran, Kieran was dressed in a bear suit and yelled out, An intruder! And then I gave him bear Get kisses. Him. It was great. It was a grisly situation. Yes. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was like a highlight think, of the movie for me. I like to think that's what caused the divorce in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> like, before out of that moment she was like that is so lame and so laughable that we can't stay together like screw the death of our oldest child <laughs> this, it was this, this grisly this situation that drove the wedge into <laughs> our marriage I like to think that all the people in Monarch that he's working with yeah. have had that leaked visual like yeah, that leaked like they've video. gone through his email since he's using their private we don't trust server. this guy we need to like figure out what he's about wait what's this movie that he's got this home movie where he's dressed as a bear with his children <laughs> being adorable <laughs> Oh dear. Well, if we predicted that, I would have given you like a hundred <laughs> bonus points if you <laughs> predicted, predicted anything it. like that. Who would have predicted that? Um, and I also want to give a shout out to good old uh, Ken Watanabe. Ken, yes, is, who barely appeared in our original episode at all. Like yeah. we, we were like, oh, he's barely going to be in the movie. And he was uh, a highlight for me because every single line he would say was, what about Godzilla? Yeah, he was obsessed with <laughs> what Godzilla. What about Godzilla? To the point where we had this running joke where we thought that... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sarazawa was sexually attracted to Godzilla. So. He seemed to be. He has no reason to it support Godzilla. It makes the movie Godzilla. better. It makes the movie like, better if you watch it with that context. The last movie, he kind of was just like, oh, maybe there's more to this Godzilla. Maybe we shouldn't kill him, you know. Let them fight. Yeah, he, that was his whole thing. But in this movie, he was just like so Every on Godzilla's line. side. He yeah. was just like, don't hurt Godzilla. Like, why? He's destroying stuff. You have no reason to have allegiance, what allegiance about to Godzilla. What about Godzilla? And then when the other kaiju King Ghidorah was running around yeah. causing mayhem like he hated that guy he they, they hated called him, him. They called that's him, the false king yeah, they called him King Ghidorah and he was just like a false king <laughs> like, we all know who the real king is in his eyes <laughs> he loved Godzilla so much yes uh, what about Godzilla <laughs> so I think it goes without saying since we're going to spoil a lot of the major plot mm. points in the movie if you haven't seen Godzilla at this stage Godzilla King of the Monsters that is and you want to please watch that first before continuing with this episode you can always come back to us yes, and um, see how we went. Also listen to our show where we do cover the predictions of Godzilla. Probably first, that might be helpful. Yeah, or maybe afterwards if you're really worried about us spoiling anything. But mind you, without spoiling what's coming up later in the episode, I don't think either of us got particularly close at all. Well, I thought I did. I thought I like really called that plot. Yeah, I thought you did too until I revisited it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. If anything, I feel like my loosey-goosey, wishy-washy plot was in a way closer to what we actually saw than whatever it was that you <laughs> That's a big statement. Statement, Kieran, considering I'm handling your points. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All now, right. speaking of, I just want to mention before we get into our plots, because I think you're covering my plot yes. first. As I mentioned in the original episode, I came up with my plot on the spot. I was going to actually mention that. That's right. Because back about, you know, roughly over a year ago when we did that episode, I was working 10 hour days, basically almost seven days a week. And so I barely had time to work on the show at all. So I would use all my free time to just think about ideas for the movie and jot them down and make all these notes without ever actually watching or analyzing the trailer. So just 
just in my head, based on previous Godzilla movies, based on what I read was going to happen in the plot, and just the previous Godzilla 2014 movie. I just had all these ideas and couldn't ratify them with the actual trailer until the last minute. And then when I sat down to do the episode, I quickly watched the trailer and was like, nothing that I've written down really is evident in this trailer at all. So, as I said, I had to come up with my plot on the spot, which is why it's so loose and a lot of characters aren't incorporated at all. Yeah, yeah. You d- and well, I think that really hurt me in the overall episode. You did say that. Now, just quickly, what before do you remember before you yes. did your plot what you thought thought was going to be in the movie what i thought thought was going to be in the what movie what you thought was going to be in the movie so one of the major elements and now i'm not discounting this i actually may reuse this plot element you know maybe in godzilla versus kong or something like that but i originally thought that the dance corporation the bad guy organization was going to use the orca to create... Did they have a name in the movie, by the way? No, they did not. They (laughs) did not. Dance Corporation is as good as anything. Yes. It was just Jonah's eco-terrorist group. The Dance Corporation. Yeah, but we can call them the Dance Corporation because they don't really have a name. So I thought that they were going to develop like a helmet or a pseudo-mech suit that they placed on Godzilla to be able to control him and manipulate him. And then the big triumphant moment at the end of the movie was that either Mothra would help Godzilla out or Godzilla would sort it out himself. He'd smash off his own helmet and then, you know, reclaim his place as, I guess, the hero of the movie. So I had all these like elaborate ideas of them controlling Godzilla and puppeting him essentially. Uh And then I was like, well, there's no evidence of that being in the movie. We can't have any of that. But I'm not convinced that they won't do that in the next movie. Well, lucky you didn't say that because that did not happen in the movie at all. But we will see. But can in future. I might rip that now. Because I I really want them to do like Mechagodzilla, but I do too. I don't think they will. Yeah, they seem to be making this universe, this monster universe, more grounded in reality or as much as they possibly can. The wrong move. They should just lean into the corniness and the cheesiness. Absolutely. In this film world where the 80s are the the hit thing right now and like all the corny action stuff, do it. Yeah. Go all in. Modern day movies, the ones that do well these days are the ones that are about having fun and being stupid i mean look at marvel's example in the last couple of years they take great pleasure in being stupid yeah. <laughs> and having fun so look how successful anything, the transformers were you yeah, could do a transformers exactly. thing with godzilla well the more recent transformers well, movies are better examples they were at the time successful yeah. you're talking about those the Michael first Bay one. ones yes but look at bumblebee bumblebee came out and they went back to like being fun and being stupid basically and that movie was essentially a hit it was like et but with a transformer yeah. anyway let's talk about my plot yeah let's talk about your plot so as you said you weren't too confident you had some ideas and you scrapped them and you kind of just went with your gut, which you've sort of illustrated. Now, last time we did a show like this, you bitched and moaned that I went, wasn't giving you enough points. And like, because I was you weren't. accordingly to you, you actively missed ripping stuff. you off. So I went through this plot so many times. I went through the trailer and I was I'm super, so glad. super generous with you. You still didn't do well. No. But like, I was super generous with you just to stop you from just whining about it afterwards. Great. So, I'm pleased. <laughs> just so you got what you wanted. We're still going to fight though. I know it. <laughs> I mean, I know definitely. So, so your plot starts off with a flashback, which is very yep. unlike you, but it, it was a flashback. And you say it, it was the events after Skull Island. Yeah. in which I went back to the 70s, like the late 70s. <laughs> which Monarch is investigating an ominous meteor that turns out to be a pulsating egg. Now, I gave you two points because it was a flashback yeah. and essentially Monarch isn't investigating anything, but it's no. a flashback. It said after the uh, Skull Island events. So you were right. Yep, There's yeah, nothing okay. in the trailer that right, suggests that. I can that. see you're being generous already, but yeah. <laughs> and I gave you two points for the pulsating egg. Now, Ghidorah, as you predicted, wasn't the pulsating egg. No. But we see that visual later on in the movie with Mothra. And I did it to basically Which I think is fair. indicate that King Ghidorah wasn't one of Earth's mutos. Mm. It was a space muto. And they did indicate in the actual movie that... King that it was Ghidorah a space movie. Space. So that's... if you combine all those elements, I guess that adds up to two points. <laughs> yes, that's right. So you called that correctly. Well... In a very in a very way. loose yeah. way. So then you go into the fact that we meet the Russells and you establish a plot line in which the older brother had died in the events of the first movie. That's right. Which absolutely happened. So I gave you two points for That's that. That's what the actual flashback at the start of the movie was. That's right. The That's brother had right. just died. They couldn't find his body. Yep. Uh, you said that the parents are separated. The parents are separated for this reason. 
Yeah. Maybe it was a grisly situation that separated them. <laughs> but I gave you two points for that nonetheless. Now, the only thing you got wrong here was that you thought that Madison was living with Mark, which she yep. wasn't. It was just the other way around. Yeah. But you essentially got so the idea thought, that it was a broken my family. My thought was that the movie would open. So she lives with Mark, but the movie opens with her having a custody visit with her mum. So she's going to see her mum, who's involved with, I believe I said she was involved with Monarch. So That's essentially, right. like, like, she's arriving at the mum's house in my mind to, I don't know, have the adventures of the rest of the movie. But that wasn't the actual case in the movie. Yeah. She already lived with the mum. Yeah. So in the actual movie, she actually lived with the mum, but you kind of got close to the mark there. So you mentioned that Emma is currently working with Monarch, an organization yeah. that's followed Godzilla uh, in an effort to build communication with the monsters because they want to, I guess, learn more about them yeah. in the event of other monsters coming into the fold, which is true. I mean, yeah. Monarch is doing that, so I gave you two points for that. And she is developing the orca, but we knew that in advance. Which, yes, so I've also given you points for the fact that she's building a machine called the Orca, which is an extension of what Brian Cranston was working on. Well, no, I said this in the original episode. Brian Cranston didn't develop anything. He just worked out that they communicate via okay. sonar so signals. So he didn't do jack. building on Brian Cranston's research. I'm yeah, giving you right. points for this, Kieran. Yeah, oh, thank you. So well, I should stop bitching then. <laughs> yes. Jeez, you're unhappy when you get points. You're unhappy well, when I take them away. I just don't want you away. to be inaccurate to the movie and well, then make people go, hang on, Matty D's talking shit here. <laughs> what you said was uh, it was an extension of what Brian Cranston worked on. So that deserves a point because it's true. I think it was you who said that. I thought it was you. No, it That's was what I've got you. here. So the whole idea of they're trying to communicate with monsters. And you also mentioned that Emma is extremely focused on her work. There is no yeah. indication in the, any of the trailers that that is going to be the case. Huge part of her character or what little character she had. Yeah. So two points for you, sir. Um, you have this idea that there was a custody meeting. Custody visit. Yeah, which does not happen at all. No, In which not. Madison, and it's kind of funny to think of a custody visit in this world that well, they established. I just wanted to put Madison and Emma together. I was like, okay, so, but they don't get along. Like, they haven't seen each other for a while. That was my idea. That's mm. why there was a custody visit rather than living together. Yeah. Well, in any sense, then yeah. Madison goes to live with Emma. I don't know why you just didn't pair them together at the start. Because I wanted them to have conflict. I wanted them to actually have three dimensions as characters, fair but enough. they didn't bother doing that. Fair movie. enough. Fair enough. So you then go to say that we start to have a mother-daughter bonding sesh, which is interrupted by King Ghidorah. Just turning up. Just turning up and attacking them. And I gave you half a point for that because you're kind of on the right track. I mean, they have well, bonding moments yeah. where it's interrupted by monster King fights. King Ghidorah does turn up while they're there and cause havoc, I suppose. But what I gave you more points for was the fact that in this part of the plot, you say that a shady organization known as the Dance Corporation, led yep. by Charles Dance, comes in and kidnaps Madison. Yep. Now And Emma. And Emma. Now, Emma is already working with the Dance Corporation, yep. but the way this is set well, up... she is essentially leaking information to them mm. and sabotaging Monarch who yeah. she works for in the actual movie and then it looks as though they're kidnapped but it was all part of Emma's overall yeah. plan so it looks like it's kidnapped so I'll give you two points for that and in a way, Madison is kind of kidnapped because she's sort of taken yeah. along with these dance corporations. Well, she, she doesn't She doesn't like that. She's there against her will. I'm also giving you two points because you did say that Charles Dance would be the bad guy. Yeah, I didn't say that. I was very no, against that. I can't wait to get into that. His role in this movie is exactly what you predicted. He's leading yeah. this organization. So two points for I that. Because I saw in the trailer, he was with Emma and Madison for most of their scenes. Two points for the kidnapping. And what you sort of said was this organization is trying to blackmail or force Emma's hand into putting her research towards weaponizing these monsters for yeah. them on their behalf. And that's why they released King Ghidorah. Not really what's happening, but yeah. you know, th their motivations are that they're trying to get these monsters out there. Yeah. All right. For some reason to like so that the monsters sort of like reclaim the planet and so I think this is like bring in like balance. Yeah, I think this is like an eco-terrorist stupid subplot of yeah. Like, oh, let's uh, wipe because out all the, the world. cities that the monsters destroyed in the previous movie are now like green and beautiful and lush, mm. including the deserts of Las Vegas. There's now like water and greenery there because of the radiation <laughs> of the monsters. I didn't realize that radiation caused so much greenery. Yeah. But that's the movie. Well, there think, you go. I think our plots are actually more <laughs> sensible. But anyway. There you go. You also say that they have Mothra in their possession. I gave you half a point for that because. Yeah. I mean, it's a different organization. It's Monarch that has them, but it's kind of a similar Well, the kind Dance of thing. Corporation essentially releases Mothra to the world. So once mm. Monarch hatches Mothra from the lava, essentially, the Dance Corporation turns up, kills everybody, 
And then Mothra just kind of leaves and goes and lives yeah. behind a waterfall. Yeah. But and, until their whole ne- idea is just getting Mothra out there. Yeah, so. until she's needed for, for future battle. You said that Monarch goes to Mark for help because he knows his family best because they're trying to track this evil organization. Yeah. Two points there. That's exactly what happens. Yep. And I then was very you pleased s- with that. And then you say he would have done it anyway, which I give you two points for. Yeah. Look at the look at how generous I'm being. Um, I mean, you did call that, so fair enough. And then you say that Monarch released Rodan or Rodan yeah, or Rodan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, you from mean. a volcano in the hope that he'll fight King Ghidorah. I gave you one point for that because... It's actually the eco-terrorists who release him. It's actually the eco-terrorists, yeah. So I gave you a one point for that, but then I also chucked half a point on there because we also see that he comes from the volcano, so you just yeah. predicted what was on and, the trailer. And he does mm-hmm. go to fight King Ghidorah, or at least we think he's well, going to. Well, that was a very clever pick by you because you said that, unfortunately, he approaches King Ghidorah and we all think, oh, he's going to fight him. Ken Watanabe steps up and goes, let them fight. And then <gasps> Rodan joins forces with King Ghidorah. In your words, three heads are smarter than one. And yep. they develop a master and minion relationship, which is bang yep. on the money. Two points for you, yep. sir. I can't believe I called that. I mean, mind you, they sort of did that sort of stuff in the classic Godzilla movie. Yeah, so. he was kind of like the Sky Scream. What's, what's the Transformers? Starscream. Starscream. Yeah, not always. Not always. I mean, most of the time, Rodan would be teaming up with Godzilla to fight King Ghidorah. But there are some times where they would team up for evil in yeah. some of the movies, just depending on who the director was. So you, you said that the Dance Corporation makes their own version of the Orca. Not really. Yeah. Not really. They just use Emma. Emma. Emma just brings hers from home. Yeah. Um, and it isn't working, but Madison can use it. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of getting close yeah, to not, it because... Yeah, not really, but still. Because Madison does use the Orca at one point, actually two points that are very pivotal to the movie. I mean, she doesn't really do a lot else in no. the movie, but... No, she really does nothing. What a terrible character, but we'll get into that as we discuss yours. You go down this really weird road that the movie well, never goes into yes because you but, but say, I do have a justification go you, on you say that she is able to speak to Mothra and then Mothra actually hatches I'll get into your ideas of that later but after Mothra hatches uh, the dance corporation is disappointed because it's just you know a lava a, yeah. a larvae lava at this at Larvae. this stage which I gave you a point for because that's exactly what happens but we see it in the trailer yeah and the dance corporation will think that they're screwed and this will be an hour into the movie now <laughs> this is like in the first 10 minutes <laughs> now at this point, you say Godzilla will pop up just to say, hey guys, it's me. You know, the guy whose title is on the movie. Well, I thought that he would appear an hour into the movie because that's when he appeared in the 2014 Godzilla movie. But yep. mind you, in actuality, you're probably going to go into this. They had Godzilla appearing constantly throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah, they, they did pretty well with that. I think they listened to their criticisms. Yes. So he will go and fight Rodan is what you said and Ghidorah, but will lose because it's two against one. I gave you two points. That is what yeah. happens. He does get defeated. Didn't in- I say they, like, they dump him in the water as is standard for Godzilla Which is movies. my next point. I, yeah. I just said you drop him in, he gets dropped into the ocean and knocked out two points again because that's exactly what happens. In the actual movie, they use the oxygen destroyer to basically try and wipe out both Godzilla and King Ghidorah, but it essentially just knocks out Godzilla and doesn't affect King Ghidorah at all. Because he is all-powerful. Um, but yeah, he is standard Godzilla fare. He's knocked out and left in the water. I'm yeah. so glad they worked that until, in. Until they revive him later yeah. on in the movie. But all hope is lost at this point. Uh, you said that Madison, this is where you go into the fact that Madison has a psychic connection with Mothra. And it wasn't yeah. actually the Orca. I think it was all Muto she had a connection with, I thought. That's right. I'm going into that. So you okay, said sorry. it's a throwback to the old Godzilla movies where she's actually telepathic, but only to the monsters. This yeah. Does not no. happen. No, how disappointing. Now, what's what your justification for this? You said you had one. As you just explained then, in the 80s Godzilla movies, they had this reoccurring character, a woman who was psychically linked to Godzilla as well as some of the other monsters. So I was like, well, if they're going to have that character in the movie, might as well be Millie Bobby Brown. Might as well be Madison. Be the person that's known for being a telepath in TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, no, it was all the orca, yeah. actually. Well. So, like I said, missed opportunity. I mean, as we said before, I think they are trying to ground these movies in reality somewhat. Mm. So they're not going to include fantastical <laughs> elements like the Mothra twins. We'll talk about it. <laughs> That's coming. And psychic connections. That's so. coming. So Mothra comes out of her cocoon in this point in your plot and joins the fight. Two points because she goes to fight the monsters, uh, but Mothra does not win because it's again two against one, and they both can fly. Which exactly Mothra is, just sucks. Exactly what happens. Mothra does kind of suck, yes. doesn't she? I kind of like Mothra though. It's the most likable of the four. Yes. 
And this point, Godzilla appears. He just pops back out of the water yeah. and says, ah, I'm back. Had my that's rest. That's always what happens. Had my rest, you know, took my vitamins, had my protein yes. shake, and now I'm back. I'm ready. And the big four fight, and it's a drag out action scene. Now, you didn't go into the crazy plot of them going into the water and reviving no. him by dropping a nuke on him. But essentially, that does happen. So I give you two points. Great. Ghidorah is killed by Godzilla in your plot. You kind of went to and from of who dies, who doesn't die, yeah. but you settled on Ghidorah to die by Godzilla, which does yep. happen, gave you two points. You said Rodan is killed by Mothra. Yep. I give you half a point because... Rodan is maimed by Mothra. Yes. I got so excited in the cinema. I was like, oh, is this really happening? Yes, because it looks like Rodan got killed by Mothra. So we do see it. So I gave you half a point there because, you know, it was close. On the right track, I yeah. suppose. Mothra, you said, flies off into the sunset to live another day. Oh, kind nope. of dies. <laughs> yeah, but I, dies. But no doubt they will bring a new Mothra for the next movie. And then because you said... they show an egg in the end credits. Ah, they find a new egg. If I sat through the end credits, well, I did. would know that. You did. I was there with you. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot that then. But you were too busy rolling your eyes and staring <laughs> at the ceiling going, oh. <laughs> this, the, this movie sucks. Then you said Godzilla goes back into the ocean. Uh, an old trope of the Godzilla movies give you two points because that is what happens. Yep. Um, you said, like me, and I'm sure we'll go into it, that there's a stinger at the end that reveals that they've got King Kong. I think you said Monarch has King Kong or yeah. maybe the Dance Corporation. I think they were just aware of his existence on Skull Island. Mm. And I think they were just going to reveal like they had a location, like one of yeah. their bases at Skull Island. I think so that's what I was getting at. I gave you half a point because we do see the illustration of Well, Godzilla. we see King Kong in the end credits. Yeah. We see his back. Yeah. Like the actual Kong. But Which yeah. is what I give you a point, uh, right. half a point for. Yeah. Because we don't really see him, but we, we get yeah. alluded to him. You said that the Mothra twins won't appear in this movie. You yeah. were very strong on that point. Yeah. Turns out that was not true because yeah. they were there. Who would have thought? Yeah. And the you're done. Well, with they your... weren't there in the traditional sense. They weren't <laughs> tiny little fairy like true mystical twins true. that would sing to bring Mothra basically to full power. <laughs> God, that's so Japanese, isn't it? Yeah, but in actuality, they were just two twins who I don't know. They were, their parents were also twins, or like it runs in the family. There was a lineage of twins, and they were obsessed with Mothra yeah. in the same way that Doctor Serizawa is obsessed with Godzilla. It's just something. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Serizawa is like the Mothra twins for Godzilla. Yes. So you're done with this plot and I start yep. talking to my, uh, talking about my plot at this stage in the podcast. But then you for say- about half an hour, but yeah. You add, <laughs> you add uh, onto my plot. You say that if there are other monsters that come out, that they will all be new monsters, mm -hmm. which is uh, a two-pointer because that is true. They right, do have yep. new monsters. They are uh, all new, no pre-existing ones like I thought. And you said it will end in an unsatisfactory- um, Cliffhanger. Sorry, an unsatisfying cliffhanger ending, which it doesn't really. It kind of ends- yeah. It has a, a proper neat yeah. ending. And for that, Kieran, you got 56 points. Really? Yes. I am so surprised. I, I pulled those points out of wow. nothing. I may think that you, in a slight, you know, flip and reversal of last <laughs> time, I think you might have been too generous there in some cases. Yes. Because now I feel like I wasn't generous enough in <laughs> yours. So you're just going to, like, pull points from me, I think. But, yeah, your plot was not, <laughs> nowhere near where the movie was. Oh, it started but, off similar. But, yeah, you, you had I was kind of... Closishness. I was closer in a lot of elements than you were. So Let I guess tell you that. I guess uh, going with your gut, there is something to be said about that. Yeah. Now I guess so. The next part of the podcast is me talking for about forty minutes. So yeah. I'm interested to know because this. For, uh, well, the next part of this podcast is going to be me talking about what you said for forty minutes. <laughs> Let me just say, after that show, I was like so brain fried. I was like, I need to not go into these plots with this much detail yeah. in future. So from here on out, I cut my plots down significantly, but oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was a mess for me. Yeah, I couldn't even tell what was going on half the time. <laughs> for the first time, just analysing your plot, I slowly sort of worked out what you yep. were talking about. I was like, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> but it was so all over the place that like listening to it, you're like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I got so into that one. I was like, yeah. then this will happen, then this will happen, then this. And I had like five different And did it help scenes. you out at all? We'll find out. All right. Because we, uh, yeah, we had a different sort of approach to this, I guess. Now, something that we didn't really cover or you didn't really cover when you were talking about my plot is that I brought up that Mark was an expert on how animals communicate. You did say that, yeah. And then you barged in and said, so he's an expert on like mythical animals, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like he's an expert on unicorns. <laughs> but he was actually an expert... <laughs> 
not on mythical animals, but on how animals communicate. Now, I got enough points from you already, so I'm not going to get up in arms about that, but I just thought it well, was we funny. Well, knew, we knew that from yeah, the promotional material, right, yeah. so if anything, it's one well, point, I, I guess. I, I want to know why you thought he was an expert on mythical animals, first of all. I have no idea. It just made sense at the time. And I why, suppose, why, would they, why would they recruit him? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know. Nepotism. <laughs> So anyway, you thought that the overall message of the movie would be a metaphor for Earth's resources, such as humans depleting the natural resources and using our tools, aka nuclear power, for war and for evil, and the movie would demonstrate how that can go wrong through its metaphor. But I gave you a point for that because it's not really a metaphor, it's a really heavy-handed thing that they explain over and over (laughs) again, not only in the trailer, but in the actual movie itself. Yeah, all right. You didn't say that, though. No, exactly. (laughs) Because I didn't think it was going to be a metaphor. So it's not a metaphor if it's so obvious that they're smacking you over the head with it. All right, all right. I didn't know there would be that advert with it. It was in the trailer because Emma Russell has like a monologue that's Mm. over the top of the trailer that indicates this. Yep. Now, you thought that the movie would open with a cold open. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So how it's unlike me to have a flashback. It's very unlike you to have a cold open. We switched places here. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie doesn't actually start with a cold open. It starts with a flashback, as we discussed, and it opens in 2014. 14. Yeah, I really thought they were just going to roll on from the last movie, but obviously not. They just had a tiny amount of character development, which really didn't Add impact anything. the plot. I mean, sure, it created motivations for Emma and it created motivations for Mark, but yeah, that was really about it. Actually, that was most of the movie. So yeah, it had a huge impact. <laughs> there we go. Now you said that Madison was separated from her father after the fallout of the 2014 Godzilla movie and he's staying with her mother, Emma Russell. So yeah. I gave you two points because that's dead on. You were way closer on that than me. But the universe of your movie was very different from what I predicted and what the actual movie was. You sort of had it as though like humanity was in tatters. Yeah, mine there was were more apocalyptic. Like, living in bunkers, yeah, as though the apocalypse had occurred. And then this was a separation, like a really huge separation between Mark and Madison and Emma as though like he can't get in contact with yeah. them because communications are down. Well, we're watching a trailer in which that's the way the world looks like yeah. it is and she's communicating on a ham radio so yeah, that's where I got It doesn't actually from. happen in the actual movie, mind you. It doesn't, yeah. So it's not a ham radio. Would- it's actually like the communication centre for Fenway Park in Boston. Mm. But the world isn't post-apocalyptic. I mean, the cities from the first movie have been abandoned and have been overgrown yeah. as we discussed but been destroyed yeah so the world isn't actually you know the way that you described but i guess the details of that will flesh out as we go through so you said that they would be bunkered away in this location you didn't get any more specific than saying this location (laughs) well that's true now they aren't bunkered away they live in like an apartment or a house in beijing they aren't in like a facility or even a bunker they're in like a jungle aren't they they're living in like uh, like a monarch owned house it's definitely a house because they show it from outside yeah, we do see But they're that. in the middle of the jungle of Beijing. It's like a residential area for monarch workers. Mm. Now, I don't know, you could argue whether you deserve points or not for this, but they aren't in a bunker. It isn't post-apocalyptic. So is them living in a house on site at the monarch compound at all like them being bunkered away in, quote, this location? Yeah, I think I, I deserve three points for that. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I'll, I'll sacrifice it. It's not a bunker. I mean, they do spend time in what looks like bunkers, but yeah, they're not living there. Yeah, later on they do. So, all right, all right. right. I'm going to give you a bonus half a point. So please Thanks. remember that for me. All right. So you said that Madison would be a tomboy slash relatable girl who is trying to grow up in a world that has succumbed to the disasters Nothing of the previous net. movie. That's so accurate. Now, she isn't a tomboy. Oh, okay. What? Come she on. She doesn't really have much of a character at all. She is just very much generic child, young girl, teen character. I wouldn't say she's a tomboy because typically tomboys have short hair. They act like boys more than girls. Now, I would more so say that Madison is more, like I said, your standard typical girl character in movie. Just because she is competent and does things to move forward the plot, in some cases, doesn't make her a tomboy. Okay. I remember she had some stickers on her laptop that seemed like really trendy and whatnot, but... Well, she... I gave you half a point for that assessment. She wore a jumper in one scene? I gave you half a point because (laughs) I guess she's sort of relatable, but as I said, she doesn't really have any personality whatsoever. Like, she doesn't really do anything beyond screen. She flips Charles Dance the Bird. What more personality do you need? Yeah, I guess that's sort of relatable, but you know... (laughs) Okay. Should I give you a point rather than half a point for that? No, I I, I deserve half a point. Because like I said, she's not a tomboy. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't say say she's a tomboy and she's not really that relatable if you ask me. You (laughs) hated her. That's up for people to decide, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, I gave you half a point because she's kind of relatable, but 
I don't want to. That award, was their intent. I don't want to reward the movie maker. That was their intent. Yeah, by saying she is related because she's not. All right, and let's stop shitting on the movie yes. now. So you said that Dr. Emma Russell is a scientist who studies bioacoustics and yes. why the Titans have been attacking their world. She's trying to work it out. I gave you a point because we knew that already. This is very much covered in the promotional material. And you said that Dr. Mark Russell is separated from his wife and daughter. I mentioned this already. And he's physically separated and has divorced Emma. Again, I gave you a point because we knew this going in. We knew that they were separated. Yeah. Are they divorced? Does divorce... Definitely. Definitely. They're definitely divorced. Are they? Okay. 100% they're divorced. They talk about this at length in the movie. Now, you said that Mark is a doctor. Now, I sort of stretched and said, does Matty D mean a scientist or is he like a doctor, like a GP? <laughs> so I just presumed you meant scientist. And he's also in the military, interestingly oh, enough. no, I said that, didn't I? And he was active with the military during the initial Godzilla fallout in 2014. That would make a lot more sense in my defense. Now, I think I was being generous here because I gave you a point because while he's not in the military whatsoever or really involved with them at all, he is a scientist of sorts. He's not a doctor, but he is a scientist, so I gave you a point. Thank you. I gave you a point because... Mm, you know, he's a doctor. A little bit off, but he is a scientist. He is Dr. Mark Russell, so got to give you that. Now, you say that Mark has been pulled into Monarch since he's an expert on zoology, and Monarch are worried that more Mutos are coming and they're not prepared for it. So they want him to have a look and look at the patterns, I suppose, of the Mutos, track them using their excretions, we'll find out about that later, and see if he can give any insight onto what's going to happen in the days ahead. Now, that's not why Monarch brought him in at all. They brought him in because of what we discussed with my plot. They brought him in because of his relationship with Emma and Madison. Even though he does use his knowledge to follow yeah. Godzilla. All right, let's give you half a point for that fact as well. Because, yeah, he does help them out a fair bit by explaining animal nature. But and- you're right. It's essentially like, hey, they got your kid and family. You want to join us? Yeah. And he's like, I hate Godzilla, but I'll do it because I love my family. <laughs> So yeah, I'll the give you half a point because movie. he does use his zoology expertise to help them out and track the animals and give them advice in some way. They're acting like animals. He said that Emma's been working on a device to communicate with the Mutos using sonar rays. This being the orca, of course. We I gave you this. a point for that because that's very obvious. And you said that Emma works for a group of scientists, a different group of scientists, not Monarch, who all act like survivalists and live in bunkers, who originally wanted to develop a method to fight Godzilla, but now just want to work out what the hell is going on. Yeah. And so, at this point, I want to know what the hell is going on in your plot, so, so I'm with them. I I have three groups in my plot. That's I have right. Monarch, I have the bad guys who are, you know... This group, apparently. Well, don't this group die at some stage? Well... Okay, they, well then I've only... I'll explain that more right. as we go through it. I call them the survival scientists right because you don't give them a name at all yeah so well they're just they're separate from monarch the survivalist scientists they're just people that emma needs to be hanging with at this stage yeah exactly now this group of scientists have a mothra egg well you said that they have a mothra you uh-huh. didn't specify whether it was mothra's egg whether it was the larval form or just full-on mothra well i was hoping you would pick up from the trailer and put two and two together that it was a mothra egg <laughs> so i just presumed it was an egg down in the basement yeah and then Emma shows this to Madison. Now, I gave you half a point because it's actually Monarch, first of all. Monarch actually has the egg. Yeah. It's actually Monarch who has the egg. Emma works for Monarch. The reason I gave you half a point is because Emma does take Madison down to show Mothra in the yeah. basement. So, just a little bit about where my head is at coming with these details. In going into this movie, I thought that Emma and Mark need to be separated so they can't both be working for Monarch. Yeah. But I did not predict that Emma would be working for the bad guy group. Well, she does work for Monarch, but she's secretly working for the dance yeah. corporation. So I was like, okay, maybe she's with this good intentions group that's Survivalist different from- group. Well, are Mark. they good intention? We'll find out. If you've heard Manny D's plot already, you well, already know. Well, at the know. time, at the time we think they're well-intentioned. Yeah, exactly. So you said that Emma explains that Mothra is kind-hearted and Madison has a moment with Mothra. I gave you half a point because... We see that in the trailer? Well, first of all, we see it in the trailer, but Mothra really doesn't have an issue with like attacking all the Monarch workers as soon as she comes out of the egg. Like she should. But mind you, Mothra is kind-hearted, so mm, overall kind-hearted, but then you could sort of say that Godzilla is kind-hearted in the same way because I think Godzilla hurts as many people as Mothra does in this movie, if you think about it. So would you say it's half a point's worth it or would you like a full point from that? 
Well, doesn't she have like a moment with Madison? She definitely has a moment with Madison. That's why I gave you. Okay, I'll give you a point for that. A full point because some of the parts you get a whole point. <laughs> sure. Then you said that Emma's overall goal is to communicate with the Mutos and potentially help them to not attack people. So you said, you know, maybe they can say, oh, we're not here to hurt you, Mutos. Please go back to your bed. <laughs> now, I gave you half a point because she does want to communicate with them overall, but she has way more ill intentions since the idea is that the monsters cause havoc and, of course, help to yeah um restore the balance i don't know because uh, like her whole thing is like wake the monsters up but yep. then just let them go is that right yeah wake them up let them cause chaos they'll restore destroy the balance they'll destroy human towns and help restore the balance presumably this is all part of charles dance's master plan the jonah corporation or whatever it is so yeah so i gave you half a point because while she does want to communicate with them she doesn't want to do it for good now, you said at this point that Mark is randomly at a volcano site. Yes. I gave you half a point because he does go there eventually, but he doesn't physically go to the volcano site. He's in the proximity in the airship. This is just me building up to Rodan. Yeah, of course. So, you said at this point that we learn the true well, intention. I would think that if Monarch was tracking down all these Mutos, they would take Mark to the volcano site because yeah. he knows his zoology. Makes yeah, sense. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. What I'm just trying to defend the mess that I said yeah. la- that episode. Well, you don't need to defend the mess. I think the filmmakers do. <laughs> So, yeah, in the actual movie, just to clarify, Mark arrives with the rest of Monarch to the site of Rodan, who is basically just about to burst out of his containment in the volcano. But, yeah, he doesn't get anywhere near the actual activity. A whole bunch of Monarch people do, but not Mark. So, as I was saying, we learn the true intention of Emma's survivalist scientists. They want to use Emma's orchid device to weaponize the other Mutos to fight against Godzilla if he comes back. Now, I gave you half a point for that because they do use the Orca to awaken several Mutos, but their intention is not to fight Godzilla. So, as we just explained, restoring balance, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So, you're on the right track, but not quite. And again, this isn't even this organization. You could say that this is the Dance Corporation, but it isn't really, if you think about it. I mean, they're just the bad guy group in my plot. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to think that they're good guys, but then they turn out to be bad guys. Yeah. Typical movie trope. You for can't these say that about the Dance Corporation in the actual movie. Well, they're just straight they're up bad, bad guys, guys from the outside. Come in just shooting people. Yeah. So you said that Emma is not on board with this idea at all. It <clears throat> says that the monsters can't be controlled at all. Now, mind you, they can't be controlled, but she's definitely on board with it. How silly of me to think that, you know, we would have like some conflict or, you know, our main characters yeah. couldn't be so easily convinced to be with this military yeah, exactly. bad guy organization that we're just expected to buy into it. I like that in the actual movie, like, we're like, I'm sure she has a good reason for working with the bad guys. No, she doesn't. She's just like, you know what? We're the fever, they're the cure, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, no, she doesn't have a good reason. It's just stupid writing. They they gave her a monologue that, you know, addressed it, I guess. And then also Madison, why is Madison going along with it? Just because, I guess. She doesn't really go along with it, but I don't think she has much of a choice because she's just sort of hanging out with her (laughs) mum. She has to do what her mum's doing. She has to go shopping with her mum. She can't can't wait in the car. She has to go and uh, end the world. With her mum. I think she just wants to support her mum through these troubling times. Yep. I guess that's it. Anyway, we're not here to dissect the actual movie. So you said that the survivalist scientists use the orchid to awaken the Mutos and call them to arms. Now, if we're presuming that this is the dance corporation in the actual movie, this is exactly what happens. Uh, I gave you a point for that because while you were on the right track, you weren't dead on the money because this is still like the weird universe with the evil scientists. And now, mind you, they don't awaken all the Mutos. Their idea is to wake them all one by one uh-huh. for whatever reason. Well, yeah, who knows? Now, you said that meanwhile, while Madison is upstairs, I'm not sure where you're referring to, upstairs in a bunker. ham radio. Yeah, she's with her ham radio. But like, what do you mean by upstairs? Is up- she uh, in a house upstairs? Yeah, I guess in a, in a is house. Is she in a bunker upstairs, upstairs in the bunker? Well, I, I imagined it was the building that she stands on the top of right. in that trailer scene. Right, so she's in a building, building rather than a bunker. That they're living in, I guess, yeah. So they've moved out of the bunker, they've gone to a building. So yeah. they've, they're causing all this chaos, they've released all the Mutos in the world. Well, they, they're like, they gotta... let's leave our bunker and go to a skyscraper. Well, they've, got, they've got to move around, you know. Yeah, okay, I guess so, because they need to be where the monsters are. Exactly. So you said that she messes around with a ham radio, which she does every night, because she's trying to contact other survivors. What in a the clever, hopes clever thought by me. Of finding her dad. Now, mind you, no points, because this doesn't happen at all. No, it doesn't. Not even in the slightest. No, she's not even on a building she's in Fenway Park like she's not in a skyscraper mm. trailer was deceiving or upstairs well she's upstairs in Fenway Park but I, 
don't think this is enough detail to give you points. So this is where you and me share a little detail where we think there's a connection between King Ghidorah and Madison. Yeah, that's right. There's none. <laughs> no, I, well, let's talk about it right now. You said that while Madison is chatting to some random truckers. No, that's what I said. Uh, they were actually just another group of people. Yep. Over the ham radio, you said that the leader of the survivalists, who is not Charles Dance, it's just some unnamed mystery person in your plot. Now, that leader turns on the orca to weaponize Mothra, but this goes wrong and the orca awakens Rodan, King Ghidorah, destroyer of all people, <laughs> of all monsters, and Baragon. I didn't know anything about these monsters, so I just threw some names out there. Now, I gave you a point for that assessment because while they do use the orca to awaken Rodan and King Ghidorah, Mind you, on purpose, it wasn't an accident at all. King Ghidorah is actually the one who awakens the rest of the unnamed new monsters. Like Gorilla Mammoth. Gorilla Mammoth. And just ripping off the Muto from the first movie (laughs) one. Stephen King monster. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I gave you a point because, yeah, this sort of stuff does happen in the movie, but you weren't quite on the right track. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, you said that Madison would hear a sonic growl. That's a direct quote from you. A sonic growl over her ham radio. What would that sound like? Oh, grizzly situation. Um, oh, sounds like it's in pain. It needs to be put down. <laughs> Which you said was the awakening of King Ghidorah. And the two become inextricably connected. Um, nope. Yeah, that doesn't happen at all. Now, Madison, in actuality, uses the speaker system with the orca attached to it in Fenway Park to summon King Ghidorah, but that's not really close enough to having an inextricable connection, like a psychic bond between the two. Nobody has an inextricable connection well, to any of the monsters, well, uh, except for our yeah, Ken. Yeah, Ken Watanabe, Dr. Yeah. Serizawa, has a very strong connection with Godzilla. <laughs> Big throbbing connection. Anyway, you said that the smoke hits. Now, I knew what you were referring the to. The trailer is what I was yeah, referring to. It wasn't actually smoke. It was actually like storm clouds yeah. in the actual movie. And then the movie becomes an all-out brawl. Now, I gave you a point because we see that shot in the trailer of, I guess you could say it was smoke. It was actually fog or a cloud. It's the storm that follows King Ghidorah around. That hits Fenway Park. It is at this point where all the monsters converge because of the orca signal at Fenway Park. They all converge in Boston to have their final fight. Because why is Madison drawing them there? Because she's worried that King Ghidorah is going to hurt her dad or something? I have no idea. Yeah, they didn't really explain it too well. I guess they're trying to get them near Godzilla, are they? Or... Well, no, Godzilla is lost at this point. He's missing in this point and underwater. And Monarch has to go and revive him at this point in the actual movie. I don't really know. So I think she was worried. I think she was worried that King Ghidorah was causing too much chaos. They couldn't control King Ghidorah. So she just wanted to draw King Ghidorah to that. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I think at this point, we were were just joking about if we were to cast voice actors for the King Ghidorah characters, who would we cast? I think we landed on Billy Crystal and and Rebel Wilson as two of them. And uh, Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, I gave you a point. Rodan, you said, has a fight with the army and we see a demonstration of his power. We get to see his, like, wind wake, his slipstream. There should have been more of that. I did like it when they used it. I gave you a point for that because that does happen. That doesn't happen at this point, but that does happen in the movie and we do see it in the trailer, so it was obvious that they were going to do that. Yeah, we needed way more of that in the movie. We needed way more Rodan and way less of everybody else. (laughs) You said that since Mark is with the army and with Monarch as well, this brings him to where Emma and Madison are because I guess he was, like, involved with the military in such a way that they sort of, like, were travelling. Now, Monarch seems to have its own military in the actual movie. Now, I gave you half a point because they do end up where Emma and Madison are, but they're actively trying to find them. They aren't brought together by fate. Well, yeah, well, they're they're brought together because the monsters bring them together because they're going to where the sites of where these things are. You were like, this was like a happy accident Mm. because he wasn't actively looking for them in your plot. Well, he didn't know that they were alive. Neither yeah. of them knew yeah, what, exactly. what happened to the other one. So you got it half would just a point. be like a lingering thing that he's like, "What happened to my daughter?" So you're happy with that half a point assessment? <laughs> yeah. So you said that Rodan will take out the attacking army forces. I gave you a point because even though we've already covered this, you said it and it was true. You then said that Rodan also destroys the survivalist scientist's facility. Like he flies down and starts pecking at them, I suppose, <laughs> leading them to scatter. Now that doesn't really happen I mean, at all. I mean, Ghidorah does that. What does he destroy? He, he destroys that. He um, destroys a monarch facility. He yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't really destroy anything belonging to the Dance Corporation, which no. is the closest equivalent to the survivalist scientists no, in the actual movie. There is a Muto that destroys a facility. Anyway, I'll, I'll let it go. Yeah, because nothing really like that happens. <laughs> so I can't give you any points for something that doesn't happen. Fair enough. You said that King Ghidorah will break out of an iceberg and show up. Now, I gave you a point because he does break out of an iceberg and he does show up at this point. The two aren't really connected in that way in the plot. 
Yeah. But we do see that King Ghidorah is in the ice in the trailer. So you knew that he was going to be in the iceberg. You knew that he was going to get out of the iceberg. Well, I, I did see that point. in the trailer as well. Yeah, Which exactly. I think you didn't notice that. No, I did not. You said that King Ghidorah targets Madison specifically. Uh, I actually gave you half a point for that because... Actually, I'll give you a point. Let's round it up to a point because King Ghidorah does target Madison because she's there with the orca. They do that scene where he's like peeking in through the window <laughs> at her. Yes. But it isn't because they have this bond. It's just because she has the orca with her. She unplugs it and he works out where she is. Because he's a smart, smart in, Muto. Yeah, in Fenway Park. You said that Mothra will show up to fight Rodan and King Ghidorah. I gave you a point because Mothra does show up to fight Rodan and King Ghidorah, but that's in the trailer as well. Mm -hmm. And you said that the fight between the monsters give Madison and Emma a chance to escape. And Madison finally reunites with her dad. Now that gives you a point and a half. I would have given you two points if it was like dead on the money, but... Mm -hmm. The monster fight does lead to a situation where Madison, Emma, and Mark get together, and it is during the point where Godzilla turns up and distracts King Ghidorah. So yeah, point and a half, almost two points, but you weren't dead not, on the Not one. dead on, yeah. You said that Madison and Emma would return with Mark to Monarch HQ. Uh, I don't think that ever really happens. I mean, I think Madison, by proxy, ends up with Mark at Monarch HQ, but Emma certainly doesn't go with them. I don't think there's ever a point where the three of them are at Monarch together. No, there's not. Because when they're together, it doesn't last very long. No, they don't really go back to Monarch during the final fight or afterwards, if you think about it, because they all sort of stay within the Boston City limits. So yeah, I didn't give you any points for that. You said that Madison would blame Emma for what's happened. I gave you a point for that. Uh, only a point because we see in the trailer that Madison yeah. calls her a monster. That's a big thing in the trailer. Yeah. And yeah, so that does actually happen in the movie. But yeah, you extrapolated that from the trailer. Now, you said that Mothra would be badly hurt during her fight with Rodan and King Ghidorah. I gave you two <laughs> points because she's so badly hurt that she, she eventually dies. And all the members of Monarch have a Fellowship of the Ring style meeting at this point. I don't know how they had the opportunity to do so during all this chaos. And I gave you two points because they're constantly having <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring style meetings. Every they second do, yeah. scene in this goddamn movie is them sitting around the table gas bagging at each other yeah with uh sarazaka saying sarazawa sarazawa saying i'm gonna have to add that to your list of mispronunciations what about sarazaka <laughs> yeah so he's always there he's just the guy that just says what about godzilla every time yeah he's complaining that godzilla isn't involved enough and you said that charles dance is a senator he's one of the i don't know american senators who blames monarch for releasing mutos into the world yeah i thought it was too that's obvious. not true at all <laughs> i thought it was too obvious to put him in like the bad guy role so i was like oh he's just oh, gonna show up he's giving just, them too much credit huh? he's, he's just gonna show up as just like just a one-off character that's what i thought because he was uncredited at this stage yeah so i was like yeah hey, he's just gonna show and up you just ignored the points in the trailer where he was obviously the bad yeah, guy. yeah he's gonna be you know he's gonna be like a he's gonna be charles dancy so he's gonna be like dancing yep you know going against what the good guys want but he won't be a straight out bad guy yeah well technically he's going against what the good guys want but mm -hmm. he's not a senator and he definitely doesn't blame them for causing all the mutos to be running around because uh he did that and while we're at this meeting we also meet dr serizawa who you not only called yoshida but you called him dr serizama and <laughs> dr serizara and what was it dr serizaka just now serizaka so who has an attachment to mothra which i thought was very interesting like why in your plot is he obsessed with mothra <laughs> We know it's very much Godzilla. <laughs> well, I should have called that, hey. I'll give you half a point as well because... He's the heart of this movie, you so might I as he You might as well... You mentioned that he was in the movie. That's good enough for me. But you didn't say anything else about him whatsoever. He was the star of this movie. And I re the reason I give you half a point and not a full point was because you said he was obsessed with Mothra. Yeah, well... <laughs> I thought not. He, being the heart of the movie, he needed to be obsessed with the good guy, Muto. I, I, Godzilla is the good guy, Muto. I don't it's not called Mothra, King of the Monsters. I kind of didn't want him to be the good guy monster, but, you know, the movie did, so I was wrong. Well, I thought sort of see Godzilla as a force of nature, you know? Yeah, well, he is. Yeah. But he, I don't know. He's the one we like. He's okay. the one we're rooting for. All right, all right. So during this meeting, you said that Monarch would suggest using Godzilla. Ooh, I wonder which member would have suggested <laughs> it to fight all the evil Mutos. But the idea is rejected by Senator Charles Dance. Now, I gave you half a point because Monarch does want to use Godzilla to fight the Mutos and the government is against their activities. At the start of the movie, we see sort of like a hearing, like a Senate mm -hmm. hearing where like they're basically being slapped on the wrist for their monster activities, though it's not really like Not really, fault. no. Um, and they do, as I said, they do want to use Godzilla to fight. Let them fight. 
So yeah, half a point there. You said that Emma would tell everyone that the humans are the infection and the Mutos are the fever. Where did I get that from? Uh, that was in the trailer. Now, I gave you... Why did I give you half a point for that? Because she says that. She does say that. Because it was in the trailer. It's not in the meeting. You, you had it as though like she's there in the meeting physically with Monarch. Mm. So yeah, you're on the right track. She does say that, but she's not at the location and it doesn't really happen at this point. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. Okay. Yeah. Because also I was on the wrong track with what she meant by that speech yeah. as well. Yeah. Because I didn't think she was like, oh, we need them to kill us. I thought yes. she was sort of saying, oh no, this is what these things are. Yeah, you were saying that they can't be controlled. Yeah. She was trying to help I always else. thought in my plot that Emma was just a good good yeah. person that, you know, there's a misunderstanding between her and her daughter. She's just been put I in the wrong... she might be a likable character. Yeah. <laughs> you said that Emma and Mark go to the beach and locate Godzilla by tracking his radioactive emissions. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean he's turds? His I don't turds know. are radioactive? It's, they use their science. They use their science computers yeah. to track Godzilla. What do you want from me? I, I gave you half a point because Monarch does track Godzilla by tracking his radioactivity. Yeah, I'm having a visual of like Mark standing on a beach with like his, like, a huge his shoes turd. off and his pants rolled up with like a computer with like a li- like a Geiger a big, counter, a big antenna out there, just like, like that's a whole lot of shit. And you said that Godzilla would turn up to the city and fight with Rodan. I gave you a point because Rodan and Godzilla do fight in a city, but that's in the trailer. Uh-huh. Baragon turns up and fights Godzilla as well. Baragon isn't in this movie. No. And in fact, none of the other Mutos, the new Mutos that we see in do the movie, any fighting. they don't do anything at all aside from wandering around. <laughs> uh, you said that Rodan will leave. See you, Rodan. Bye. And God- oh, Godzilla. And- <laughs> And King Ghidorah turns up and kills Baragon. Does that happen in the movie? No, nope. it doesn't. No. I thought it'd be cool just to see the monsters just killing each other. No allegiance. They're just they're just animals. You know what I mean? So anyone yeah. could die. Yeah, Any exactly. Muto could die, you know? But yeah, of course that doesn't happen. So you said that Godzilla would fight with Ghidorah and Mothra turns up to fight as well. I guess Rodan's there too. Did he come back? You yeah, said that he left. I reckon he comes back. Where did he go? I don't know. Did He's he just... go to, like, I don't know, go to McDonald's, go through the drive-thru? He left with his tail between his legs after being defeated, and then he comes back when, you know, more monsters are running yeah. around. He's like, all, all right, right, all right. I've got more of a chance yeah. now. Battle Royale. <laughs> so I gave you a point because, you know, Godzilla does fight King Ghidorah, Mothra fights both of them, and Rodan... You know, he's in there as well. Yep. You said that Mark Russell will die while trying to protect Madison. This is me watching The Quiet Place getting inspired by that. Yeah, I, like, oh, I thought yeah. so. I'm oh, like, yeah. so much of this movie is like Maddie D's Quiet Place plot. And the original Quiet Place movie too. Now, it's actually Emma who dies. So oh, I that was kind of close. Yeah. Oh, it's a completely different person. <laughs> well, you know, it's a parental sacrifice. All right, half a point then. <laughs> you get half a point. You said that Mothra will come to Emma and Madison's aid. Does this happen in the movie? Not really. No. They're really pretty much removed from the action and aside from the fact that they had a bit of a tangle with King Ghidorah. Yeah. But yeah, Mothra didn't really give a shit about that. No, at all. not really at all. You said that Ghidorah tries to get to Madison, leading to her running through a quote, rummage rabbled city. I gave you a point for that I mean, because yeah. uh, that sort of happens. We see Madison running through the city, it's all destroyed. And King Ghidorah's chasing her. I think I thought Mothra would be nicer than she was in the movie and Godzilla would be more neutral than he was in the movie. Yeah. Uh, You said that Mothra gets taken down by King Ghidorah and Madison comes to Mothra's aid. Now, mm, King Ghidorah does take down Mothra, but no one comes to Mothra's aid. No. Thought there'd be a nice little moment between Madison and Mothra, give her something to do. I'll give you another half a point because, yeah, Mothra does get taken down by King Ghidorah, I believe. Or was it Rodan? I can't remember. It might have been King Ghidorah, right? Yeah, let's say it's King Ghidorah. Give you that half. Because she defeats Rodan. Yeah, that's right. And then King Ghidorah hits. uses his lightning breath. Yeah, and, and then she takes out her and then wings. She sprinkles her, uh, her dust, her Neverland dust onto Godzilla and gives him superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened in several Godzilla movies. He, uh, you? he levels up. Yeah. All right. So you said that Madison will use Emma's orchid device to create a loud dog whistle sound to distract Ghidorah. Which gives Godzilla the opening to defeat him. God, you're clever, Maddie D. What a good plot. What a good idea. That doesn't happen in the movie. It doesn't happen at all. That that would be like a good way of the humans sort of like helping the monsters out. But no, that doesn't happen. Godzilla just kicks Ghidorah's ass once he gives. They just fly planes at Ghidorah to no avail. Yeah. Once he's been given the Mothra power up. By the way, King Ghidorah looked awesome in this fight scene. Yeah, he did. He looked awesome in most of the movie. All through the movie, yeah. He said that the survivalist scientists, the bad guys, have an operation they call Operation New York. (laughs) <laughs> which we, we don't learn anything about beyond the name. And Dr. Chen, the only time she appeared in either of our plots, has a plan to bring King Kong from Skull Island to America. And that's all you teased with that one. No, that doesn't happen at all. No. They don't even mention King Kong. You said that King Kong will arrive and meet Godzilla. The two shake hands and prepare to fight. Ding, ding. 
and that Rodan and King Ghidorah survive to fight another day. And then the movie will end, as we discussed with my plot, on a cliffhanger. Didn't I say that Godzilla kills King Ghidorah? You said that he killed him initially, but then you changed I your changed mind. I changed my mind. Damn said, it. Because I want all the monsters alive for the big final right, for the big final fight yeah. in the next movie. So I only killed like the So I gave you half monsters. a point because, first of all, King Kong doesn't turn up, doesn't fight Godzilla. There's no cliffhanger. King Ghidorah dies. And I gave you that half point because Rodan survives. Rodan does survive, yeah. Rodan lives to fight another day. He doesn't look happy about it. He doesn't look happy to be bowing to Godzilla Man, at I the end of the movie. should have stuck with my instincts and killed King Ghidorah. All yeah, right. Well, so- I sort of influenced that change of opinion. Yes, too, you ruined my plot. Because uh, I was saying, well, you think that they'd all still be around for a big like battle royale in the and next movie. I was like, movie. yeah, they would. Yeah, so it's kind of my fault. It's money. All right, so how did I do? So... Because like, can I just say, I thought I killed this plot. I was like, yep. Yeah, well. Like, all right, here and there, not so much. But I was like, I got really, really close. I'm happy with myself. So I think I did okay. well. And I think I did better than you. So what? What? how did I do? So if you count up all your points, including those extra ones that mm-hmm. I gave you, that gives you a total of 33 and a half points. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> 33 and a half points. Now, like I said, I broke down everything that you said. Mm. I was being generous since you were generous to yeah, me. Yeah. But there still wasn't enough on the right track to lead you that to really victory. That really surprises me, Kieran. Now you know how I feel. Really surprised because I thought this was the one movie that I got the closest to. What are you talking about? You were, you be- I was closer than you. <laughs> well, fair enough. Maybe when you break it down. Because at least like I that. had Charles Dance as the bad guy. <laughs> when, when you break it down like that, you had yeah. like an imaginary all right, organization all right. that didn't even exist. Well, you know, listen were, back to this episode. They were the bad see. guy group. <laughs> they were the bad guy group. All right. Well, I'll take it. Thirty-three. Were they, were they in bunkers? And a half. No. Well, no. Just because they're not led by was Charles Barry Dance. Was Barry in the movie? Just was because, Destroyer in the movie? No. Imagine if Destroyer was in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just because they're not led by Charles Dance does not mean they weren't the bad guy group. But anyway, it is what it is. We watched that movie. We we revisited it and we're done. Until yeah. we go to Godzilla versus King Kong yeah. later. Next year, presumably. Next year. Or maybe even this year if we're lucky, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Or unlucky, depending on what your thoughts on this movie were. Yeah, I don't think we deserved as many points as we did because I thought we both did atrociously yeah. with this movie. I mean, I know you're super happy with your... <laughs> With your plot, which for some reason you think is super close, but I think the audience can really decide from our breakdown in the original episode if that's the case. But like I said, I didn't think I was that close either. Dear listeners, do you think that Matty D was too generous with my plot? Was I not generous enough with Matty D's plot? Was there elements that we missed? Was there elements that we got wrong in the plot? Please let us know. Uh, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook if you just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. Or you can just leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. That's right. We're also on Twitter at Potential Spoils. And we're also on Instagram at Potential Spoilers Pod. That's absolutely right. Now, before we go, let's talk about what we're going to be covering, what plots we're going to be predicting next week. And we're going to be talking about the newest installment. It is not a remake. We're going to be talking about the newest installment in the long-running Candyman horror movie franchise. Yay. Do you know anything about Candyman whatsoever? Uh, I watched the original movie. Really? I've never seen a single installment. And of course, I know the whole, you know, flick the light on and and off. Do you spin around in three circles and say, Candyman, 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 and he appears in the mirror? Is that the deal? For me. Is that Bloody Mary? That was Bloody Mary, but it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. I'm going to have to watch that original Candyman movie. We're going to go away. We're going to flick our light switches on and off. We're going to say, tell me what's going to happen in the Candyman movie and the plot will appear to us. Yeah, the Candyman himself will turn up and tell us all about it. So if you have any ideas of what's going to happen in a Candyman new installment, I think this one is being produced by Jordan Peele, if I'm not mistaken. So they're going for that whole like... The horror man himself. Get out us vibe with this one. Yeah, he's just doing all the horror movies. Um, if you're excited about a Candyman movie as well, yeah. let us know. Let us know all what the you places want to see. we mentioned earlier, you can send us your plot or let us know if you're a huge fan of the Candyman franchise. I'm going to do all my research before next week and hopefully I'm all over it. But until then, have a great week. And we'll see you then. Madison, get her! Yeah. Where are kisses? Go!